your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural pitfalls and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters Podcast on international business. We help you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences, helping you develop your cultural competence. Welcome to the Culture Matters Podcast. We have an interview today, and today we have somebody from uh, Latin America, uh, to be exactly from Panama. His name is Alfredo Roach, and Alfredo is a program and project management professional and seasoned civil engineer with 15 years of combined design, construction, and contract management experience. Let's listen to the interview where Alfredo will talk about his role, what he played in during the, uh, the Panama region. Construction project. It's time for this week's guest at the Culture Matters podcast. Here's your host, Chris Smith. Good morning, Alfredo. ¿Cómo estás? Muy bien. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Happy to join you. All right. Great. It's really good to have you um, because we're going to talk about project management and uh, some enormous project that's, um, that is going on in uh, currently in Latin America. More about that in a moment. But uh, before we continue, can you sort of explain a little bit uh, who you are, where you are currently in the world, and what is so more or less your, your cultural frame of reference? Okay, um, Lots of well, I know. absolutely, um, I'm a civil engineer uh-huh. out of um, Panama, yeah. Republic of Panama. This is Central America, not to confuse with Florida Mystery. in the yeah. U.S. Yeah. Um, I basically have been uh, de- developing my career in infrastructure projects, mm-hmm. mostly in the energy sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of substate, electrical substations, power lines, hydropower plants. And um, in my life's assignment was in the Panama Canal Expansion Program. I'm currently um, head of project management services uh, for a large real estate company mm-hmm. um, in Panama, which is a global uh, real estate company yeah. by the name of CBRE. Okay. So um, you have seen that I make a quite change in, in, in path. Yeah. Actually, looking for for a more diverse or global um, context for performing projects to work. Yes. Exactly. Okay. And um, you were uh, actually we got in contact through um, uh, Karen Smith, who's uh, who's been on the uh, on the show as well. And uh, we did a nice interview with her, also talking about um, uh, the Panama Canal. canal. Uh, because what was your role with that whole, or is your role possibly with that whole project? Well, as I mentioned, um, I concluded my assignment with the Panama Canal Authority, like um, it's almost 18 months. Yeah. But I, I used to work in the program for um, six plus years. Okay. I was a project engineer mm-hmm. uh, for a sub-program, which is um, the construction or extension of the navigational channel. It's around 3.4 kilometers yeah. um, to the Pacific side. It's the entrance to the North Pacific locks. Yeah. And the, the project basically entitles... Um, um, large excavation to build a channel 
and um, some other infrastructures, uh, which I think the more relevant is the construction of um, of uh, Rockfield Dam, which in terms of infrastructure or, or, or civil engineering, uh, we call those critical infrastructures. Um, very complex and complicated. I can, I can imagine. Before we get into the, the, uh, the too much detail in terms of project management then on how, <laughs> how this really works, just very quickly, we're talking here about the Panama Canal that connects the Atlantic Ocean uh, to the Pacific or the other way around, which is actually part of Panama and cuts Panama up in two. And it's ex- it's an expansion of the locks there so another bigger ships can actually go through, right? Yes, yes. So the intention of the Panama Canal expansion program is to duplicate the uh, actual capacity to, uh-huh. to handle um, ships. Yeah. So the general idea is to be able to manage bigger ships in terms of, of cargo. So um, what is the Panama Canal engaged right now is to is building two set of locks and um, to allow, uh, as I said, bigger ships to pass through yeah. the country. What's, what's um, the total length of this canal? Uh, 80 kilometers. Eight zero 80 kilometers, kil- okay. Uh, correct. So uh, it's, it's important to bear in mind that um, it's not that we are building the 80 kilometer, kilometers itself, mm-hmm. itself, but I was li- I always like to reference uh, a quick um, um, similarity in terms like it's like we you have we having two existing toll roads mm-hmm. and we are building a uh, an additional the additional lock mm-hmm. w- w- will be like a, an additional toll itself to allow bigger ships bigger meaning bigger cars to pass through that gate mm-hmm. okay so we are building two two set of locks and um we are extending the navigational channel and uh, there's a third component that is not being thought very qu- frequently um, in the news, which is the raising of the Gatun Lakes uh, Lake, basically to um, um, increase the reservoir capacity mm-hmm. to en- to ensure that we have am- the um, amount of water necessary to to have a sustainable operation, right. and and to uh, Ensure that's enough water for the city of Panama and Cologne. So it's, that's a, that's a major program, very unique. Yeah. I always like to say that um, there are no such thing like two Panama canals. So and, and that, whatever. And that, yeah, and that's a project that's being done um, by a couple of cultures, so a couple of nationalities. Which which are they? Um, there's uh, a lot of nationalities. Uh, but the, the, the big consortium is that like there are Belgians involved, there Italians, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, um, there is. A, let's say the biggest contract is a contract that is being um, executed mm-hmm. by a consortium. Yeah. Um, there are companies out of Spain, which is the consortium leader. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, there's company out of Belgium yeah. as well. And there's a local contractor, um, which is perhaps the largest um, infrastructure contractor here in Panama. So yeah, as we mentioned, uh, it make it interesting because the consortium itself has the, their own dynamics. And um, then after, there's the owner. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the owner will be the Panama citizens represented by the Panama Canal. So it's um, not owned by the by the Americans anymore. No, 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 no. Um, the the Panama was uh, transferred to the our local 
government or our country in 1999. Yep. So I would say it's our, it's our pride. It's our it's our pride, not, not owning the canal, but actually running that it successfully since 1999. Mm -hmm. So, uh, talking about culture, I, I would say that um, the fact that this is this was a previous previous own or run um, infrastructure piece of infrastructure by the Americans of, or the U.S. And now Panamanians, we are running the operation. Okay. I, I will have to say that that adds to the equation. Because we, I, 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 let me open columns here. We we might get emotional when it comes to taking decision, <laughs> and our our as I say, it's, it's our pride. And um, I, I will have to say absolutely that although although we want to keep it technical and rational, mm -hmm. and when it comes to interfacing with other cultures, I think that our heritage and has something to do in our decision-making at some point. Okay. And, and if you come back to your time, actually you were working with this uh, this Panama project. Is What cultural differences could you identify or what's, what have you seen in terms of um, uh, different people from different cultures working together or trying to work together? You know, what springs to mind as a, as, as a, as a good story? Yes, well, um, uh, there are several aspects. For example, um, be, be, before addressing culture, I have to say that uh, like any complex program, there are different stakeholders. So there's different level of interest and, and influence in the in the uh, in the program. So um, it's very obvious that the relationship um, contractor owner sets the 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 feel or sets the scenario how the the cultural dynamics will take place. Mm -hmm. So I would have to say that like that's the first layer of culture. Yeah. So the, the same approach to managing contracts, um, I will have to say, for example, that uh, most of the international companies are experienced working in the international context. I mean, international contracting. Yeah. They are very related to contract contract arrangements, mm -hmm. such as FIDIC. Or uh, which is the uh, I'm not if you related to that is the Federation of International Consultants, mm -hmm. and um, they are very used to work uh, with those kind of contracts and and the the clauses and what are the terms and, and conditions to put it in that way. Okay. So, uh, for example, uh, in the expansion program, there were and this is public information. There were. For example, the third set of locks follow the feed the contracts approach. Yeah. Nonetheless, there were other um, there were other contracts or, or small projects. Small. I'm talking about three 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 hundred millions to, to talk about small compared to three billions. Yes. It's a matter of scale. It is. That that, that were let's say contracted with um with the following the standard. Um, the standard policies of the Panama Canal. So contractors were not aware of the cultural aspect of the history on how those contracts were managed before the expansion programs. For example, uh, the level of planning that it was demanded yeah. from them 
when it comes to presentation of some middles, the form, how formal is the communication, how you interface with inspectors in the field, right. and things like that. So uh, most of that con- other contract figures that I just mentioned were, were uh, let's say, um, their background were the U.S. government um, procurement regulations that after the... the um, the after the the transition in 1999 were um, Panamanians uh, were culturized were were tailored mm-hmm. to the Panama lo- local laws and um, and the procurement policy of the ACP which is the Panama Canal Authority so it's, it, to put it in more in a rational manner it was the former PCC Panama Canal Commission yeah. with their own regulations and then after they were Rewritten all those regulations to to tailor them or contextualize them to the Panama um, reality for the Panama Canal Authority. So I will have to say that we have a new set of documents or procurement documents, but still we have embedded in the we we have embedded in the culture of the company personnel that used to work with the PCC mm-hmm. and they have some background knowledge that they even even though they were, we are in a new company they brought to the table and um and contractors didn't knew that it's international contractors local contractors they knew that already because they used to work for the pcc and now they were working for the acp right so um that, that's that's let's say like a, as i said a very first layer um you ask about um, specific things in terms of culture that I can recall, yeah, like a biggest culture clash that you that you've seen. You know the total uh, misperceptions and stuff like that uh, happening between either uh, Americans, Panamanians, Spaniards, Belgians, etc. Well, I have to say, for example, um, um, yes, I will have I'll make it very high level. For example. Um, the American, the, the North Americans, I mean the U.S. Um, people, mm-hmm. they are very structured yeah. in terms of planning and in terms of how they communicate. For them, um, in their in the, the way they manage contracts yeah. is very formal. Yes, compared if to you compare, if you compare them to the Spanish. Yeah. Um, the Spanish are they, they argue they are more practical and they are more used to be to to be solving issues in the field. For so for them executing the work is about having references, design references or design specifications. And when I say references doesn't mean that they are not well developed, but they are very flexible when it comes to um Tailor or, or change, change. Yeah. I will have to say change or adequate the design to the field conditions. Americans tends to be more rigorous in their, when they study. They they study everything in detail. They plan in detail, mm-hmm. and they and they they expect little changes. They are open to changes, but it's not their nor it is not their first approach yeah. to deliver the project. 
It's uh, it's in, it's interesting, Alfredo, that you actually um, you say that the Americans are rigid or and and are detailed planners, and then you translate it to to Panama, and you call this flexible. I would guess that the Americans would have a very different um, word for fle- flexible in te- in terms of they would probably yes. see this as being negative. Yes, flexible for the Americans means if if it's flexible means you follow the book, and unless the field shows that something needs to change, I am open to change. Right. That is flexible. And so thank you for that. Flexible for, an, uh, for my perspective, again, yeah. flexible for Spanish means the design is good, but I know better. And I, whatever I can do in the field to make it, uh, to expedite the process, I can do it. Is that, would you say <laughs> that Americans would call this chaotic? Um... I, per, I think that chaotic might be a hard word, but I will have to say that the American will call that lack of planning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, it's not that I want to to be milled or just kind of minimize the, the concept. No, no. But uh, it might be chaotic, chaotic for some Americans, but I will I will not like to generalize. No, because sure. I don't think that that's very. I don't think that will be accurate. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So, for example, um, so now we, and then after we have uh, Panamanians such like me, that might be from, for different backgrounds. For example, I'm third generation from from West Indies that came, you came original for the construction, mm-hmm. original construction of the canal. Yeah. So I, uh, let's say that I have a better understanding from the American way, and I. I, I'm, I'm, I was playing kind of a role of interfacing and trying to to decode what the what the Spanish want to say to the American in terms of of um, trying to to meet to to get, to have position meet to a point in which we can actually communicate and have a common framework right and uh, to, towards the common goal which the common goal is very clear yeah. what is not clear is the framework the, the, how we approach things yeah. that that's the difficult part everyone knows very well what we wanted to achieve the issue is how each of us approach exactly to tackle the problem exactly that's uh, that's that that is indeed a, that's that is the thing i mean that's the holy grail <laughs> really um it, it, it's interesting that the because uh, you come from a spanish uh, lesson speaking is a spanish-speaking uh, part of the world and that the spaniards were actually um, uh, in charge of this uh, if you want the mega pro- project would you be able to identify cultural differences between Say uh, Latinos in terms of South Americans uh, or Panamanians and and Spaniards. Um, yes, yes, I think there there's um, there's one which is very very clear. Yeah, and most people know it. Um, Spanish are very straightforward in your communication. Yeah, not only Spanish people, but um, in general, um, Europe. People or developed country people. Yeah, I would have to say that the difference not mean it's not language. Yeah, but it has to do with um with maturity. Yeah, um has to do with with the business approach. Um, I would have to say that Spanish um, are more business oriented. Um, um, because their business culture is more mature than ours. Yeah, I think that that makes much sense. 
So we, we, we in Latin America, we struggle with that straightforward approach. And, and at some point, it can be actually intimidating. What, what, what so, kind of approach would you have then? What is, if you call the Spaniards and the Americans poss- possibly either developed or uh, straightforward, what kind of approach would you have in, uh, in, in uh, Middle and South America? Um, we, are more, we are more into politics. Yeah. For example, if we want to, and, I, and perhaps you you have sensed some of that with me with, with me in my in my first my previous answer mm-hmm. um, when I prevented uh, myself for for agreeing that chaotic is it will be a good um, um, description. Perhaps chaotic was the correct description, but it's just not our way. Yeah. Uh, we will ha- we will we will look for 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 describing the same. Um, uh, the same thing or the same problem with using different words when chaotic might be the perfect way and will be straightforward and we will we will argue that that's too rude yeah. for example so um, uh, just as, as a note here uh, for, for to illustrate my point mm-hmm. um, when I'm writing for example to Brazilians in, in, my, in, my, in my in my current job yes they are very straightforward. Okay. So if you if you email them or you speaking with them in a conference call, um, you need to be aware that you need to be very straight, and that's Latin America. Right. Uh, if you're talking to Spanish, it's as well. You, you don't want to be dancing around the issue. You just want to <laughs> tell them tell them what you mean. Uh, but if you communicate like that here in Panama, um, you will you might be. Um, um, you might be um, qualified as uh, aggressive. Right. You might be qualified as as rude. I mean, not not having awareness of, of other people's uh, behavior or way of communicating. So, 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 what does that? Um, what is the result out of that? You, you. you um, People from Europe, in particular, Spanish people, and I will say Belgium because uh, I interpret with a few of them. Yeah. They know that we struggle, that some of us we struggle with that um, approach, and they leverage on that to negotiate. You, you see, mm-hmm. because they are, they are quick thinkers. They they quick they, they know they, they they are being international. Yeah. They have been in several countries. And I, and I will argue, actually, they are more aware about that cultural issue mm-hmm. than Latin America. So here's your second point in the in the in the, in the board. Um, people from Europe, uh, it's interesting, are more aware about cultural differences than people for from from Latin America. Okay. We, we are used to welcome people from Europe, yeah. but we don't know your culture. People from Europe, mainly, they came to Latin America. They don't know the culture, but they are aware that they need to work that out. Right, yes. Yeah. Would you then also say that, because uh, Panama as a country is um, is in between Costa Rica to the north and uh, Colombia to the south, or either left or right, whichever way you want to see this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because Panama is like a horizontal country almost. Um, would you say that the, uh, the, the Panamanian culture is very comparable to Costa Rican and Colombian or Venezuelan? <sighs> Not the same, but comparable. You... Uh, is that, this is a, that's a great question. Um, I would have to say, and uh, my 
fellow citizens will agree with me. <laughs> Pardon for me for saying this. We are unique. You are unique. Um, okay, tell us why you're so unique. Yeah, it's unique because we are very diverse. Yeah. And that's very... Uh, it's easy to, to, to prove. Yeah. Uh, you go to Costa Rica, they are more homogeneous. Mm -hmm. um, in our country, we, we are very mixed in terms of... Uh, uh, from the ethnic per perspective. Yeah. Yeah, we are very unique in our thinking because of our, as I say, our history with um, of collaboration yeah. <laughs> with um, the United States. Um, so that 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 that's a very specific difference um, compared to Costa Rica. Um, we are more straightforward than the people from Costa Rica. Yeah. Um, um, So we, I don't think that we, we have the same approach. Uh, when it comes to Colombia, we have our own history with, with Colombia. We at some point, um, uh, as a country, uh, decided to join them. Then after we decided to, to separate from them. Okay. So I think that we, ethnically, from any perspective, there are a lot of, lot of, a lot of Panamanians are they have Colombian background. Mm -hmm. So I feel that if, if I have to say that if we are more close to someone, it will be closer to Colombia. Right. But then after you have um, people, uh, African-American descendants or, or West Indies or uh, like, like, like me, that we, we, we actually come from the islands. Mm. So I, don't, uh, I won't say that we identify ourselves with Colombians nor nor neither with um, Costa Rica but uh, I will have to say that I have more to do with someone from Jamaica and Barbados okay. so this is very yeah, I understand I get your point yes very very mixed here makes good sense is there yeah. uh, Alfredo from your your personal uh, preference if you want right and um, you don't have to be politically correct or, or you know is there any culture that you prefer working with or that you would work best with Ah, that's a good question. Thank you for that. Um, yes, absolutely. I mean, I have to say it. Um, I have to say that um, to for a working perspective, working itself. Yeah. Um, I like. Uh, I feel comfortable when I work with um, in the context of the un uh, people that comes from the U.S. Mm -hmm. from the United States. Right. Um, the r rules are clear uh, roles and responsibility are clearly defined and those are critical factors for for project success so right. me being a project manager because i'm a project manager mm -hmm. um i prefer working with them because um decision making governance and everything is very clear um if you i was talking to you about my academic interest right now yeah I prefer the the Europe approach. Okay. Europe people are very detailed and um, very I mean um, scientific. The Americans are more practical, but I, I, it's an interesting thing that from in, in Europe, although they are very um, um, into research yeah. and very detailed, they have good recognition for experience. Mm. So I mean. Yeah, so from an academic perspective, I, I like the Europe way. From a working perspective, uh, a project management working perspective, mm -hmm. I, I like the, the Americans' organization. Right. 
There, 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 okay, that's 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 a, a crystal clear answer. If and you have to, you are doing a lot with project management. There is there's a um, uh, there's a question coming on project management. There's a, there's a joke out there which says something like the ideal world would be that um, <laughs> what is it the the uh, the chefs are Italian, the uh, uh, the 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 leaders are German, the executors of the work are uh, are the British or something. It's it it sums up this whole European. Um, uh, cultural diversity that we have here in the old world, the old continent. How, from your perspective, what would be the ideal cultural project team composition? Like, which culture would be in charge, and which culture would do this, and which culture would do planning and stuff like that? <laughs> wow! I that, get asked that's... this question very often, and I've got a chance sure. to yes, so wow. very much. People ask me like, okay, now how should we put this project team together, and the, who should manage this, who should execute, who should plan it, and stuff like that. I have my own view on this one, but I'm curious to hear what uh, what yours would be. Yeah, you, you challenge me. You, you are challenging me on this one. Okay. But I think that I can put together something. Um, yep. Yes. Uh, my, my my project governance have evolved in the in the in the last few years, so I will leave the project board for the end. And um, uh, let's start bottom up using the estimation process. Yeah. Um, I would have to say that uh, for me, I would have to like executing Brazilians. Okay, that's, they, that's the, those. They, they, as I, I, a friend of mine, a colleague, will say, "Just do it, Alfredo. Just do it." So these gay, these these people, they get they get things done. Yeah, and uh, that's a good value. Mm-hmm. And um, my planner will be a British guy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the UK, they are just very detailed. I mean, they, they as I say, they, they, they have the, a great link between execution and planning. They just don't, um, uh, they, they just don't uh, sit down at the planning level. Mm-hmm. I think that the project manager will be out of the U.S. Okay. Um, in this time. And, um, my designer will be someone sitting, I don't know, in Japan. It will be someone sitting in China because he has a great sense for cost. And, I, and he can reach quality and he can, he can give me a high quality um, product yeah. by the same time that it's cheap. Um, so... I, economical, be, yes. Economical. I mean, so he, he will be someone out of the uh, uh, out of Japan or China, uh, and um, and uh, my my project board will be um will be interesting. I mean, <laughs> it will be someone who has who can observe the flexibility yeah. to put all of that together. And I will have to to have as a senior user uh-huh. anyone from Latin America, including Panama, because um, we are good users of technology. We don't develop things, right. so we are very critical. We use tools. We know where are the where are the issues. We have faced a lot of we have a lot of problems, so we know which things make sense and which things doesn't make sense. Okay. Um. um yeah. Go on. Uh, yeah, well, and um, my an, an executive, an executive won't have a nationality. An executive will be someone who has who's a globe trotter. 
Uh-huh. And I don't care where he was, he has born or he or she has born. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm curious to hear. From pretty much every country you mentioned, we have um, we have listeners here. Um, although our biggest chunk uh, of listeners to the Culture Matters podcast is from the United States. In overall, they form a minority, um, with about forty percent of the audience actually coming from the United States, and the rest comes sixty percent comes from the rest of the world. So. Um, it's. I have. I, I want to shift directions slightly, but we're staying within uh, within project management, and uh, to this project management institute. It's the. Uh, it's a worldwide organization that uh, busies itself with well project management, and you play a role in that too, don't you? Yes, um, I'm a member of the project management institute since 2009. Yeah. Um, as a consequence of my interest of developing a professional approach to to managing projects, and that has been quite an interesting um, um, venture or, or ride through now. As as we say in PMI, great things happens when you get involved yeah. with PMI, and I, I can absolutely um, say yes, that's correct. As a matter of fact, I will. Um, I, I am a volunteer, so I'm, I'll be volunteering with them this weekend in, in Lima, Peru. Mm-hmm. So I'm traveling, and um, my, what I will have to to share with the audience is that um, um, my volunteer experience with PMI have has been something that um, have have had a great value in my career. Um, a lot of the issues that I have faced. During managing complex situations, I, I've been able to 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 overcome that or or have great solutions or answers to those problems because of people I have met um, through the organization. Um, uh, I would love to mention them, but I won't do that. But um, they know who they are. Yeah. Um, they have been. Um, they are in all kinds of, of roles in the organization from the board through just being members, uh, like active members like me. So uh, I will have to encourage definitely anyone who is willing to uh, improve their project management skills and knowledge, not to to just to get into the organization and sign, but actually to volunteer because uh, um, as I said, that's that's what really makes the difference. Um, uh, I still remember, I just as as an anecdote, That I was volunteering in 2009 or 2010 on reviewing papers for publishing in Latin America. It was the Latin American newsletter team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So most of the work that we were doing was peer review of papers from from um, peers in Latin America. We also review for for format and content the newsletter itself. And um, other thing that we did, we just translate white papers into Spanish. And, uh, and I, one of the assignments I was given was to review a paper from, uh, it was in Spanish actually, from a peer from, I think she, she was from Mexico working with HP or mm-hmm. some large uh, multinational company. And she was talking about diversity in managing projects. Um, in Latin America in this multinational company. And I will have to say that was 
that was an, an eye opener and, and something that really um and uh, allowed me to start reflecting uh, making my internal reflection on on what has what was has been my experience before she wrote that mess that that paper yeah. i used to work as i said in the energy sector in panama in hydro plants and we i used to work with um i remember um uh, it was abb alston so I, I i was used to work with norwegian people uh people for switzerland um uh, finland uh, i mean a lot of, of countries in, the, in that area and I remember um, how we, we it was difficult for some of my of my peers to communicate because of cultural aspects and I realized as I mentioned to you before that the fact that I was I'm being exposed to the American culture I was more a, I was a little bit more able to, to, to communicate with these people from from Europe so and this first article allowed me to to, to, to build some self-awareness to start looking for more information to meet interesting people such as Karen and now you mm -hmm. and um, and a lot of other ones that I really don't want to mention that they know who they are that have allowed me to 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 build that awareness and I have better projects and better results at the end. Right. So, so uh, if I was not to volunteer with PMI, uh, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. So it's not it's not enough just to be in a nice multi-billion program, being a great project engineer, having master degrees in geotechnical engineering or structural engineering. Um, People in the field, they don't care about your titles. They care about how you communicate with them, how you delegate the work, how you validate your work, yeah. and how you approach their needs and their concerns about the project. So um, yes, uh, PMI has been a, um, a great um, opportunity in my life. And I only see myself um, volunteering more and more and more, and perhaps, um, getting into a leadership role cool. at some point. We'll put a, a link in the show notes of the PMI, the Project Management Institute. Alfredo, we've, we're coming towards the uh, the end of the interview and um, that's it's a question I ask every guest who is here. Can you give us, this is from your own personal experience, can you give us like three tips to become more culturally competent? What can you give us as, as the audience uh, tips to become more to be better to deal better with cultural differences um, I would have to say as a, as a friend of mine will say um, get um, he will use a word like you need to get infected about getting educated I mean you you, you, you need to be aware of what is going on in the world, mm -hmm. um, you is is. I, I, I was able to visit Middle East this year, and um, and I was shocked. Mean saying I'm cultural, mm -hmm. aware how much things I don't know about the Middle East. Right. So you need to get infected. You need to get. I um, mean, as Steve Jobs will say, be foolish about knowing anything that is going on right. outside in the world okay that's that's the learning thing okay very good what yes. could be a second one 
I think that we need to decide on, we need to have an um, human resources people will argue with it, with this sound management processes when you are dealing with mutual or uh, diverse, with diversity in the project context. Mm -hmm. The maturity level of each people, each person involved in a project environment is different. In the maturity level, I'm not talking about technical things. No. If if we if we actually, and this is an assignment for you, Chris. <laughs> if we we have maturity models outside in the field, OPM three from PMI, PGM three. Yeah. In the UK, what about talking about what is your cultural management maturity level? Okay. <laughs> so yeah. you, you you need to you you need to. Depending on what is the your your cultural level, your management style will be different. So I, I think that any project manager will will have to plan for cultural aspects. So as I say, having management tools entitles um, having proper planning for that. So you need to plan for culture. I, I remember saying that in one of my project teams. You plan for time management, you plan for change, you plan for design, you plan for executing and controlling, mm -hmm. you plan for culture, and you execute your plan. But if your plan is not working, this is my third approach. Mm -hmm. I just read a paper this weekend talking about flexible risk management. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Come on. Yeah. It's humanize the risk management process. So what about having flexible project management? I'm very rigid in my approach to project management and is there something that I have learned that I need to work with? You need to be flexible. But you are you do not become flexible because your, your mental lacks. You, can, you become flexible because you train to be flexible. For example, I'm a runner. Yeah. A runner to be flexible need to wake up early morning, be systematic and make exercises to become flexible. Right. Well, when it comes to culture, you need to have a you need you need you need to have a routine. You need to work that routine and you need to see what works for your team and what doesn't work and and, and adapt to that situation. Yeah. That will not I, I still remember someone like Alfredo relax. We will work that out during the process. I almost um I, I was shocked. <laughs> No, you plan to be flexible. You right. even plan for that. And you become flexible. You're just not flexible because you're flexible by, because you are mean. You, you are flexible because you plan and you execute, you execute your plan. It's an interesting contradiction in terms, in a way, planning your flexibility. But it, I think it makes perfect sense. And I think you really, really um, explained it well within the context of, uh, of cultural differences and cultural diversity as well. Um, Alfredo, last question is, um, how can people get in touch with you should they want to? Well, I'm a, I'm a I'm a huge fan of social media. Right. So yes, uh, contact me um, via LinkedIn as as you do, as most people does, and um, I I love Twitter. Uh, I'm uh, Facebook. I don't use Facebook for business. No. And um, so yes, let's use social media. I mean, in my in my LinkedIn profile is my phone number. It's also my my Twitter and my personal email so i'm an open book all right that's uh, that's you perfect to, you want to contact me look for me link it in and feel free 
to to ask me to join your network. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, you can find everything that we talked about in terms of uh, show notes and uh, the the links that we uh, talked about or how to get in touch with Alfredo. You can do that by going to culturematters.com and then click on the podcast tab or do a search for simply his first name, Alfredo, and it will pop up right there so uh, you can get in touch with him. Curious to hear, Alfredo, if people will get in touch with you, if they want to know more <laughs> about project management and how to deal with the, the Panamanians and the uh, maybe the, the, the Latin Americans. It's been it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for taking uh, the time out of your your early morning. That was. And, uh, I'm pretty sure we'll uh, we'll talk again in the future. Chris, thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you. You know that for for us this is fun, and I'm I'm looking forward to see you in Belgium. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. Big hug, my friend. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you again, Alfredo, for taking the time, getting up early and um, spending time with us. Thank you, dear listener, for uh, being part of the audience as well. And if you uh, actually like what we're doing here with Culture Matters, then and, and with the interviews, of course, as well, and the podcast, then you could do me a great favor, and that is go to the uh, iTunes uh, store, if you want, and look up this podcast, and then uh, give, us, give me a, a rating, an honest rating. Um, the higher, the better, of course, you know how this goes. And the more the reviews and ratings there are for this podcast, the more people will actually be able to discover this. Thank you so much. Again, I'll be back in two weeks' time with yet another interview. Take care. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode. The Culture Matters Podcast, helping you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences.